What if you had only 60 minutes to share your message, your truth, and your legacy with the world? That is the main question in the Final Chance podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Klaus, and I'm a purpose activator. I have met some incredible people throughout my life and I love for you to get to know them too and to be inspired by who they are and what they have to say. Time is ticking, so let's go. It's time for another Final Chance podcast and I can feel my heart beating fast in my chest. I don't know it's because I missed a little bit the timing of the recording of this podcast or it's because I'm sitting here with a very unique being that I actually am meeting in a way for the first time online or whether it is because this is the final episode in this podcast series. But either way, I as always just want to take a moment to introduce you to another magical and multidimensional being. As I said, this is maybe the only person in this podcast series that I don't yet personally know. Yeah, it is someone as well that has made a big impact on my life, you could say. And she is someone that I want to introduce you to because her energy, her presence, her field, her wisdom is strong, potent, and clear. And I cannot wait for you to just listen to this episode. So just get comfortable, do what you love, go for a walk, grab your cup of tea, because even if you don't understand anything of what will be said, even if you get it all, it truly doesn't matter because just being here with us for this final chance is literally doing the magic. Apparently this is going to be a long intro because I want to share one other aspect of why I invited this being before I spill the secret and tell who it is. <laughs> this woman came into my life at a time where I was uh, already aware of the fact that I was so done with the guru template, you could say, and the teacher games. And I had been seeing that I was giving my power away to all these teachers and mentors that I was working with. But I always believed that they had something that I did not have and that I couldn't access within myself. So I was seeking and literally putting them on a pedestal. And I was so done with it. And yet I saw this woman's program up level and I was frustrated in the beginning. I was like, I'm not doing this again. I don't want another mentor, guys. Someone is going to tell me what to do. And yet something was different. I didn't see her, even though she's a guide and a teacher and a mystic and all the things, but I personally didn't feel her as a teacher or a guru. I actually felt like she was my friend. I felt like she was just a buddy on the soul journey that had just found a doorway into a new reality, into a tomb timeline. So she was kind of further ahead, but you can really see it as in the game with the next level. And she was like in the next level and looking back at me and many others and reaching out her hand to say, hey, come this way. I found something really, really cool. And I just want you to come here with me. And there was such a joy and a playfulness in the energy I felt that that's where what pulled me into her field and to say yes to follow her program up level. But she has created so many more juicy and good things. And I'm sure by the time that you're listening to this, there is another portal, another doorway, another invitation for you to get into her field. So with this long intro, I want to welcome Pillar Lesko to the Final Chance podcast. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. Um, It's pronounced Pilar. <laughs> Pilar. Damn, but did I say Pillar? I did. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Everyone does it. I'll just okay. tell you it's pronounced Pilar. Pilar. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the Final Chance Podcast. Just like everyone, you probably don't know much about it other than this is your final chance. So basically (laughs) what that means is that you get 60 minutes and the clock is already ticking. So basically we have 60 minutes and the idea behind the final chance is the question, what if you would only have 60 minutes left to share your message, your essence, your truth with humanity? And it's not something you have to prepare. It's not something you have to think about. It's just literally just going to flow from this conversation, from the questions that I'll ask you. But that's basically what you said yes to. Awesome. <laughs> that, that feels good. <laughs> cool. Nice. 
So I'm going to invite you to just drop in with me for a moment because I want us to be serious about this while also being playful, but to really get into that feeling of what if this is your final chance. So if it feels good, do whatever you want to do to get comfortable. But if it feels good, you can close your eyes with me and take a deep breath or just take a moment to feel yourself. And then I want you to imagine that your final hour has come. As if right now you're getting like a ping from your higher self and you just feel, sense and know that basically your life will end in an hour as the human being that you are. You have 60 minutes left. And this last hour is one of both reviewing your life journey as well as magically you end up in a podcast recording, you also have a final chance to leave a message to humanity. And as you connect to this, to the sense that this is your final hour, my first question to you is just, what comes up for you? How does that feel? How is it like to imagine that this is your final hour? It feels really good. <laughs> I feel like really at peace when I imagine that there is a little bit of my heart kind of fluttering, but as a whole, I feel really at peace and excited. Yeah. And this is not my first time imagining this. (laughs) That's not a surprise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I feel really at peace. And when I go there, I'm feeling really not proud isn't the word I'm I'm feeling complete with Mm. the life I've lived I I feel really complete like full and complete and proud nice beautiful I love it I can feel it yes so as this is your final chance I invite you now to take on the eagle's eye is how I like to call it but I always like to imagine that as you're, you know, entering this transition zone between living and dying, basically, I like to imagine that we get to like rise up as if we're sitting together on these clouds and we're able to look at our life from the perspective of higher self or our souls. And as you zoom out and look at your life's journey, the life that you've lived here, I want you to tune in and share with us what are some of the treasures that you came to pick up here during this life's journey on earth? Are the treasures personal experiences or just whatever comes up? For now, whatever comes up and then it will go from Mm -hmm. there. Okay. Yeah, this is so fun. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the two that came up immediately, uh, one was just the frequency of peace. And how that was something I came here to learn about through not being at peace Mm -hmm. and through understanding all the different octaves of what's underneath peace and then what actual peace feels like. That one comes up really strong. And I, I know I'm someone who's meant to naturally embody that, especially amidst a world where a lot of people don't feel at peace and a lot of people get upset when people are at peace and look mm-hmm. at it as almost like wrong or not allowed because of the state of the world. So that feels really big, just overarching. The other one was just being really committed to being human. Mm-hmm. My my relationship to spirituality has always been really interesting starting with, I don't consider myself spiritual. (laughs) Um, And I I don't really use the word. And if I do, I use it in quotes. And I think that another big thing when I'm looking as the eagle was just really learning how to enjoy being human and, and showing up for the human aspects of life with a lot of grace and a lot of reverence and holding them to the same tone or degree that a lot of us do things that aren't things that uh, I don't want to say things that aren't human because it's all human, but 
not separating my human experience from my divine experience or my experience of God. Nice. (laughs) Because I felt the energy also strongly when you, every time actually you said the word peace, I want you Mm -hmm. to maybe speak a bit more to that also indeed because state of the world could use some extra peace. So if you could speak to what peace is in your understanding and embodiment, but also, yeah, I feel like you might just be able to give a different even perspective on it other than the cookie cutter ways that we see peace or love. So can you just speak more to what peace, what you've come to learn about it? Yes. So just like with everything, there's different sort of octaves of the experience. So what I have seen throughout my life, especially these last probably six years plus, is that there is a form of peace. There's an octave of peace that is quite easily accessed through naivety or through, I, I don't even want to say like disassociation and bypassing because that to me wouldn't, wouldn't resonate as peace, but there is a peacefulness that comes from naivety. And I would say that a lot of people's perceptions of peace, like when you look at the collective as a whole, when people are in the face of the energy of peace, the way I see people interpret that, and this is like objectively not going into all the nuances is I'll see people think like, okay, so that person must just be really naive. They don't actually know what's going on with the world because how could you know what's going on Mm. in the world and be at peace? And then the other one I see is a lot of people go, well, they, they must just be bypassing. They must not be really participating. They must be woo-woo or other words like that. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's probably infinite more interpretations because everyone is having their own unique experience as it moves through their filters. But what I've come to find about the tone of peace that I know I'm here to embody is that it actually comes from being in touch with the deepest levels of pain and suffering. It's not born out of the surface of the soil. It's born out of the deepest, darkest places within the soil. And the people who actually hold that tone, they have gone and sat with and faced a lot, a lot. And they have been granted the gift of peace. It was something they earned in quotes. But I I put it in quotes because it's not like a reward system, but in the sense that they were able to like stretch their capacity for so much of the opposite of peace mm-hmm. that to be able to touch in to the actual like pure tone of peace was just a byproduct of that exploration. And I think that that to me is such a worthy journey, not just for the individual, but when somebody has gotten to that place, what they then offer to their entire field and the collective, it goes so far beyond any other offering, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It was exactly what my curiosity was going into as well, you spoke about the being naive, let's say. So how is this embodiment of peace after going through that depth of pain, let's say, and I feel like embracing all of it, it's not by bypassing, it's because you've gone through it. So then how is that of the greatest benefit to the whole or how does it change? Like, what's the ripple it creates in your experience or seeing? Yeah, when when people step into the field of of someone who it's it's like, I'll just have to use um, Jesus <laughs> because that's he's my favorite. Yeshua, but it's, it's Yeshua. It was shown to us by so many masters and initiates. And I, I want to use like them to explain this rather than myself, because I don't want to position myself to be at the level as these people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but when you really get to know the masters who have incarnated and the initiates, some who we don't know their names, but when you get to know, like their journeys, their entire life was a commitment to self-mastery. And within that, you have to meet 
all parts of the self. And one of the ways I define shadow work or how I define my relationship to like being able to integrate aspects of myself that are not good in Mm -hmm. quotes is through the lens of anything we see, like this is, this is how I worked with it for a long time of anything that is being explored within humanity, anything that's possible, it lives within me too. And this is pretty heavy. Um, and a lot of people don't resonate with this, but when I was really deep in this, I was actually purposely looking at things like murderers and rapists Mm -hmm. and psychopaths and sociopaths and the people who a lot of us go, they're not even human or that's Mm -hmm. like the things that we cast away is like, I would never, I could never, the way I work with that is what would have to happen to me for Mm -hmm. me to get to that place. And this is such a worthy exploration because it deeply connects you to the suffering of humanity. And it also allows you to see like everything lives within you. So the way I've observed and like studied all of these masters and the initiates, and and this is usually not the part that we see when we are first like getting to know them is not like the frequency they vibrated at once everybody paid attention, but Mm -hmm. what they were committed to long before we knew who they were. And it's the same story time and time again, whether you're looking in the East or the West, there was a lot of time spent in caves. There was a lot of time going into the death experience. There was a lot of time fasting and meeting with parts of themselves. There was a lot of pain. They basically said yes to taking on not just all the pain that lived within them, but through that, any pain that would come through them that belonged to the collective. And so that to me forms a foundation within someone's frequency to where when they step out and people step into their field, they're not like whoever the way that's going to work is always going to be contingent on the person stepping into their field and what they're receptive to and available for. But what I've seen is when people step into my field without me needing to say anything or do anything or poke at anything, immediately all the parts of them that are not true to themselves and all the parts of their reality that are not true to who they are just immediately start getting pulled out and up. And I don't look at that as, oh, I'm doing this for you. I look at that as that's what happens when you step into a field where there's a commitment and has been for a long time to not have any, to remove falsities or to come back to as close as possible to myself that I can consistently. And let's say somebody comes in and has that experience what's waiting for them within that experience is peace, Mm -hmm. but it's not like, okay, I feel, I feel like I hold a really high tone of being at peace. So now everyone just gets access to peace. Mm -hmm. It's everyone gets access in their own unique way to the journey to peace. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that's just, they're like, oh, I, it, it's so cool to watch how it's different for different people because we all have different contracts set up. Some people don't want to go through a huge purge the second they meet me. So it's it happens slower and over time and it's it's a lot more gentle. But I do attract a lot of people who are similar to me where they're like, I want it. So, so <laughs> there's a lot that comes up in, in the beginning. And I see this as like ultimately what the offering is but I'm not living my life this way um, because I'm trying to bring everyone with me. I'm living my life this way for me because I don't know how I could live any other way. And then I get to witness the byproduct is I don't have to try to force people to change. There's just an offering that exists in my field that they can say yes to. (laughs) So powerful and potent. My whole body's like, buzzing the whole time as you speak and I feel you just uh offer just through this sharing you offered a beautiful invitation for people to if they take it on so beautiful cool also it's not going to be a problem to fill this final hour we could probably talk for hours to get your- 
this out, but I trust the wisdom of this timing for sure. So I want to zoom back in a little bit on your life's journey. And again, one more time, go back to the eagle's eye and see if anything else comes up. But I want you to look at, let's say, some of the life themes that you explored and uh, <laughs> and whatever one you want to share about that feels good to share with the world. Yeah, just anything of like your life's journey, the theme you went through and yeah, however specific or personal you want to make it. But I'm just basically curious about your life, the journey you've been on, the themes you've been learning about. The big one, there's there's a few really, really big ones. First one that just popped up because I'm very much still deep in the exploration is power and powerlessness. Mm-hmm. Another one that came in after that is sanity and insanity. Okay. <laughs> That's the one I want to zoom in on because it's of okay. course, probably alive in my world too. I just been mm-hmm. like claiming, just fully claiming because I've been fighting my whole life of like, I'm crazy. And it was like a big mm-hmm. show, like, can I own this? Can I own this? And I'm just like, of course I'm crazy. I'm losing touch with what people call reality. So I can mm-hmm. be crazy. It's so delicious. So can you share more about that one, how it's been for you? Yeah. So I remember, as I'm sure a lot of us do, being really young and feeling like this is backwards, like that this is not the way it's supposed to be. I, I remember the thing that stuck out to me when I was super young is uh, nobody's feeling their feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember just feeling that like, oh, this is how most people are. And that one pops up as like sort of the beginning because I remember being really young and feeling like how I am is normal mm-hmm. and how everyone else is, is like, people are like sick. I remember being little and being like, Oh, people are sick. But I, I, as my life journey went on, it's so interesting. Cause I could, I have like probably 40 stories I could tell. Let me see which ones are <laughs> most alive right now. So I, I had really, really fertile training grounds for these energies because one of my primary caretakers did like I would, I would never say this person, I would, I don't like to label people like people are psychopaths, but this person displayed because of their wounding, a lot of psychotic tendencies. And I, as the child had to like live with them and also still find a way to maintain connection to this person for my mm-hmm. safety. So as a really young child and, and for most of my childhood, I was living in a house with that. And then like grappling with how I felt and not surprisingly, rather than running away from it, I kind of went like really deep into the center of psychoses. I got really into studying it and I started experimenting with altered states of consciousness pretty young. Mm -hmm. And that is when this is like 100% the truth. Cause a lot of people ask me, how did you reconcile this? And it's I reconciled feeling insane by experimenting with really intense altered states and literally allowing myself to 100% just dissolve into the insanity. So I had experiences where I saw myself as schizophrenic, where I saw myself as homeless, where I saw myself with multiple personalities. Like I just let myself feel what that felt like. And I didn't try and push it away. There was experiences that were deeply terrifying that I thought I would never come back from. Mm -hmm. And however, that time was so important because I would always come back. And every time I would, I would come back with a really acute awareness of what being insane in the Western world, the way we label it, feels like and looks like. And I was able to see how a lot of people who are like star seeds or we, we, you know what I mean? Like the, the spiritual community, mm-hmm. a lot of what we experience just sober and a lot of like our awakening experiences, they're not that far off from what I felt it feels like to be schizophrenic. 
the only difference to me is that we're maintaining, like we have, we still have a foot on the earth Mm -hmm. and are able to like put a, a context around it. Whereas with a lot of the way people with a, a lot of how people are diagnosed, yes, there can be severe fragmentation and wounding, but I also think simultaneously, a lot of people are just opening up in these really intense ways. And we live in a world where there's no place for that and no context for that. So people ask me all the time, this question about like feeling insane. And I attract a lot of people who, who struggle with this. And my advice is within like a safe context and within your own capacity, just allow yourself to actually identify with that and see what it would feel like to just say like, yes, I am this and see where it takes you because it's, we're, we're all insane. <laughs> like there, so, And I, I, I used to, yeah, I used to be like, oh, all the people who are like, tuned in are the sane ones and all the people who aren't mm-hmm. are the insane ones, but I don't even see it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. I just think like we live in a world where if you just look at what's occurring, it's like, what even is sanity to me now in this moment, I've never said this out loud. I feel like the ultimate path to sanity is just God, but it still might present as you looking and being insane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, but then you have to ask, like, what does that even mean to me? And what does that mean to the people who are saying it? And when I'm, when I, when people go through the experience of being afraid of looking crazy or being insane, where are we even getting those definitions from? Yeah. I just wouldn't resist it. Mm -hmm. I notice a lot of people are like, I'm afraid I'm afraid. And there's a lot of resistance. And the way I really reconciled it was being completely non-resistant to it and literally having experiences. Like I I had this one experience in my early twenties where I was in this altered state and I was shown the inner workings of my mind. And I was shown how I make things up in my mind. Like I was literally shown like, this is how you'll, this is how you will take something. And then this is how you'll start to turn it into an illusion. And this Mm -hmm. is what it looks like in your mind. And this is the way that then affects everyone around you. And it was really, really uncomfortable to face off with all of the illusions I had created. But by the end of the experience, I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) So a lot of this isn't real. And I made all of this up. And then Immediately after that experience, one of the biggest illusions I thought I had created was proven wrong. So it was kind of like a joke at the same time, because through that experience, I also saw how it's all illusions here. It's all illusions. It's, it's all the Maya. So we're all insane and it's all illusions. (laughs) Beautiful. I have like no clue who needs to hear this yet, but I, I need to hear this first of all. And I'm sure there's some other people listening to this who are like, I'm like winding my eyes, like, holy shit, I need to hear this. So I'm super. Can I add something? Of course. Yeah. I want to add something because I always am try to be really careful when I talk about this stuff, because it's just like with the different octaves of peace, what I've found is there's different levels of consciousness relate to things like this differently. And one person could hear this and be like, that feels so good. It's exactly what I needed to hear. Whereas another person could hear this and it could actually just create more of a sever from being human and from being on the earth. Mm. So what I always tell people is like, if you are exploring consciousness in these ways or in whatever ways you are, if it is not helping you become more human and more kind and more here on the earth, then I do not see it as a worthy exploration. If it's not serving to help you be here more, I think it can become a distraction. And there's a lot of spiritual distractions that ultimately actually take us away from our ability to be here. And a lot of these explorations I'm talking about, I am still integrating them because I want them to be things that help me be here more, not separate me from humanity. Mm -hmm. Cool. (laughs) Thanks for adding that. Yeah. 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 So now back to your final hour, this is 
kind of ending for you. And as <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's a joke as well, this whole thing, but I'm, I'm liking it. So I want you to imagine that if your final hour has come in uh, less than 30 minutes, actually, then I want you to imagine that that means that, let's say, your life's mission, your soul's mission is complete. Even though you might have still had ideas or desires or longings for things you wanted to be, do, create, yeah, if you die today, it is because done, completion. And I know you already spoke to it that you felt that. But again, if you look from that angle to your life, completion now, then what would you say your life was about? Just being human. <laughs> Not anything fancy or big. <laughs> I have missions and callings I'm handed that can feel extraordinary and have a lot of potency, but I already know they're um they're actually all like in service to something really simple that's not flashy at all. And I can I can feel like I I I can feel when I'm getting wrapped up in the flashiness and then I can simultaneously feel like my guide's laughing at me like it's, like it's not that it's not that what's the word special or yeah like it's it's yeah like don't don't get too ahead of yourself there like thinking that you know that there's like a hierarchy in any way or something of the sort and I think if if I were to expand on the whole being human thing, just like with the peace part, I feel like the way I'm being asked to be human is not through naivety, is not through bypassing, and it certainly includes a very rigorous and deep spiritual path that I've been on, but all of that, like that that path I've been on and the way I've just lived my life and the experiences I've had, it truly does feel like they're all in service to just learning what it means to be divine and be human and be on the earth and experience density and the things that we're all doing down here. So it's like being human, but being human through the lens of all of it, like every part of it, the, the divine part, the human part, the heaven part, the earth part, the energy part, the matter part. And I'm definitely a bridge and I'm really excited to die. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm really excited to die because it will feel like, I mean, for so many reasons, but the one that's coming up right now is like, I'll get to walk on a bridge like as a bridge I'll get to like leave on the bridge yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> I'm just imagining that <laughs> huh it's all, almost going to be a pity if you continue living past this final chance but hey. <laughs> okay cool so something I always find interesting is that many famous people only become like known or famous or recognized after they died like even Jesus right So I want you to imagine that in 100 years from now, people remember or share about, and I'm trying to say your name right, Pilar. Pilar, okay. that works. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they will remember you. And it's not so much about your personality, right? But it's like you have left the imprint, the ripple. So what is it? What would be the highest potential of what you would be remembered for? I love this question. First, I'll say that I have actually been shown and I'm in the process well, and probably will be for a long time of making peace with knowing that most of what I'm here to do will not be understood for a long time mm -hmm. and isn't really, it's for those of us who are alive, but it's more in service to incoming generations who haven't yet incarnated. And this is very vague, but what I've seen that I'm doing and what I hope starts to become more something that's just not only understood, but lived is creating these paths for being in the present day in the present time. But that is, it's a merging of like the way the ancients lived, but then where we're going in the future. And I don't think I'm 
Like I never am like, I channeled this because I'm aware this is just running through me. And I could probably find in all of my ancient texts, like all these different things that are very similar to it. But like an example I could give you is I know I'm doing that in business right now. And with money, I know I am forging a path that, that was already set into motion and there's already a template for, and I'm touching into it and learning about it and living in it and just showing people like, look, <laughs> but that template is, it exists every it's everywhere. It's it's cause it's not just business. It's the way I'm living my life. And then how it's in union with having a business. And it's, again, I know this all sounds like very vague, but it's just, it's the, I would call it like the path of self-mastery or the path of energy mastery, or just like the initiates path, whatever you want to call it. I find ways to, I find, I'm sort of like shown ways that things can go that all centers around our relationship to self and our relationship to the divine. And our, like I said, with the peace thing, our relationship to all of who we are and who we are as like multidimensional beings. And then I tinker with how that fits into present day. Like, how does this fit into like business and money and going to the grocery store and having a family and being in a relationship and having a house and having cats and, and all those things. And I want my entire lineage and I want all incoming generations to have a chance to step onto these pathways and not have everything be perfect, but recognize, like, I want people to be able to step into this awareness of the interconnection of everything, how we are creators, what it means to be divine and human and how that all the lived experience of that can utterly transform everything in your life. I understand that hardship and difficulty and suffering are a part of the human experience. But what I don't agree with is the way we're programmed to relate to them. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm more interested in is what happens at different levels of consciousness when your relationship to difficult things is like completely transformed and then how that transforms being alive. <laughs> Does that make sense? It makes to- like, it makes from, yeah. like, I'm taking it and it makes total sense to yeah. me. And actually <laughs> the people that I know listen to this podcast, like they're, what you said was vague. I'm like, I know my friends are getting it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you just said something like, and it completely transforms the way you're being alive. That Yeah. So, and as you're doing this, let's say, as you're being this for future generations, can you speak to how does it, because I feel like I have my own relationship to it where the challenges don't go away, but do I even call them challenges? It's like, it's invitations. It's just more expansion. It becomes fun. And it's like, ouch and fuck yes. But how would you describe the transformed relationship to that? So the, one of the ways I'll be shown this is like using me as an example is I'll be shown like when I'm shown this clairvoyantly, it looks like me and I see me incarnating and not again, not being um, absolved from suffering or difficulty, but I'll see me incarnating onto this path where there was just so much more spaciousness and so much less to work through that wasn't even mine. Like so much less of, I don't want to say distortion, like so much less wounding manifesting as distortion standing in the way. And I'll, and I'm shown how like in my incarnation, there was some things that took a very, very, very long time Mm -hmm. um, because of the, the density, like because of everything that had accumulated So I'll be shown this like image of what looks like me walking down the path behind me with less of that stuff and more awareness and more ability to like work with reality. And then as I'm shown this at a certain point, I'll recognize that I'm not looking at me. I'm looking at my daughter Mm. and I'll see this like whole line and 
how that might manifest like practically could take infinite forms. One of my gifts that I never shut off was being able to see the threads in people's lives and how everything connects, like everything they're going through has a connection, all of the different aspects of them and how it's all in this beautiful symphony in service to their becoming. And so I know like for me at this phase in my life, something I am currently accomplishing is I don't have any fear for my future children's ability to get paid to be themselves. Like, and that is a huge deal because one of my parents' biggest concerns was she needs to get into a good college to get a good job to make money. Mm -hmm. And now I'm alive and as an adult and going, they're going to be able to do whatever their soul desires and be supported by it. But that's just one infinite way. Like, carving this path can affect because I look at all the people around me, like my clients and my friends, and I see what they're doing. And I'm like, you just made that available to your children, to incoming generations. And Mm -hmm. the more we're making these templates available, we don't even know what's possible. I always tell people like, imagine if you had come in and a lot of that hadn't been there and what you would have created by now. And everyone's response is always like, um, <laughs> I I don't even know what I would have created. There would have been so much freedom. Like, what would I have done? And so it's hard for me to say, like, oh, their life will feel like this because it's gonna there's going to be a unique soul. But it's really easy for me to see these larger templates that we're all making available that a lot of us had to walk through a lot of muck to even tap into, and that our parents and our ancestors we're walking through even more muck to, mm-hmm. to even access things like support resource to even access resources, you know? So I see the whole like spear and the whole wheel and we're just at a really cool moment in time, but you know, in like 200 years are like great, 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 whatever <laughs> are going to be on. They're going to be like flying, doing a podcast and they're going to be like, they had, that. can you believe what they were doing? Like, to, like... <laughs> exactly. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So love this. Thanks. So in love with with uh, my life on earth. But when you speak to this and, and just seeing the templates and the, the muck and in the past and just, just seeing this point in time related to what has been and, and what's coming, it just brings up so much more just full appreciation of the moment and of the magic and of just all of it. Okay. Whew. Yeah. Um, yeah. So time is ticking away and I believe we're about your final 10 minutes. So what I'm going to ask you now is the question of this final chance pillar, which is what are your final words you want to share with humanity? What's the message you want to leave humanity with (laughs) at this point in time? (laughs) The The only things, I mean, this is so me though. I'm just seeing my favorite like (laughs) Yeshua quotes are just like pouring into my head. This is, will I actually be quoting Yeshua on my deathbed? I don't know. Like, but what I, I, the first thing I heard was this set of, he says some of these lines and I've sort of like rearranged them and turned them into my own set of invocations, but they're the lines of like, I am the way, the truth and the light. I am the beginning and the end. There's a couple more in there. I created like a whole set of invocations around them that I say all the time, or I haven't in a while. They're on my Instagram, but it's each of those lines is a code. Like each word, like I am the way is a code, the truth and the light. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. The only way to the father is through me. Like these are all really, and I I know a lot of people hear father and then like tap out, but if you can get into the frequency and like what's being made available through those words. So I would probably list off all of those invocations. (laughs) And then Taylor, it's your final 10 minutes. Just, just like, take your chance. Like what, like if you could just speak one final message and actually I do have another question. So it's not the final question, Mm -hmm. but if you have one final message and it's just your final set of codes you want to infuse this 
podcast with and humanity with what are the ones you're choosing right now and you know the magic is it's for people to basically unravel for themselves right so what's the code you want to say peace out with it's seek ye first the kingdom of god and all of these things shall be added unto you <laughs> that's that's not my quote but it's sure. it's that i can't say it any better it's mm-hmm. it's that <laughs> beautiful <laughs> nice So here's another question that I always love to ask as well. And that is, what is your final message? But what is the message you want to leave behind for the children on earth right now? So if there's one thing you could share, and it will be something that when a child hears this, they would remember it and bought, like they would just realize it, know it for the rest of their life. So what is one thing you would want every child on earth to know and never ever forget that they're perfectly created created in god's eyes created in complete perfection and i would use the word perfect on purpose because perfectionism and the word perfect have been the way we see it now is it just comes from wounding but that's a tone that's a tone of perfection And the tone of this perfection is like divine perfection. And I would want children to reclaim that word and to see themselves as perfect. Just letting, letting that rippling out. Yeah. (laughs) Just like letting that rippling out into Mm -hmm. the hearts of all childs. Oh my God. It's like, I want to stop time because I don't want it to continue ticking away. Who knows what happens? (laughs) No. Um, Yeah. I'm just going to give you one final chance. Is there Anything left you want to share before the final hour has come to an end? Yeah, you said something. You said something in the beginning, like it's serious, but it's also playful. And I think that the final thing I would want to share, the last thing is just that like, there's a, just like with the whole life should be easy and life is hard or like we, we should be joyful, but then there's immense sorrow and suffering. It's both. And the whole, like, I've spent a lot of my path in extremes and it's, it's how I learn. I pendulum swing to very vast extremes. And then I find the middle way after I'm done pendulum swinging. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the greatest middle ways I've found is allowing playfulness and levity to to marry seriousness and responsibility and that you know that tone of like this is real and this is deep and the merging of those two things is in my opinion like one of the greatest consciousness gifts you can give yourself because to me and I I see this a lot and I think it's just a phase on the path it's not the path if we're not laughing. Mm. Like it's it's not the path if if there isn't a levity and a playfulness to it. And so many of us get on this path and become very serious. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But again, you look at any of the great masters and initiates, they're all like children, but they're children with vast reservoirs of consciousness that they've integrated. So it's not the naivety tone. It's the tone of like, I am at peace with everything because I, I see everything, but then through that, they can access a playfulness that in my opinion, we need a lot more of it in the spiritual world. We need a lot more of it. There's a a big tone of like, everything's so serious. And yeah, I I would just, I would love to contribute to that in some way. (laughs) I believe you do already have done and will continue to do so if you live on past this final hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be the final, the final words. Nice, beautiful, beautiful. And so it is. So Mm. one final time, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with me as your final hour is coming to an end. And now that we've had this talk and the 60 minutes have passed, You can imagine that you are about to transition and your life is coming to an end. But as that is happening, 
and it's almost like you almost made it to heaven's door is how I like to imagine it. Something calls you. Something pulls you back. A heartstring is being pulled and of course, as we've gone through this life review and exploration, it's so obvious that it's not yet your time. So you have the chance of going back, of coming back. You truly have one final chance to live this life on earth fully. And even though you might have felt this completion and there's so much peace and even goodness with dying, as you get another chance of fully coming back, being human on earth, what is it that you want for your life? Any desires, anything you want to embody, experience, create just anything that comes up that you like to share? It's having children. Mm. That's it. The thing pulling me back is my children I'm going to have. (laughs) It will be my greatest work. Piece of artwork. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm just tuning in. I can imagine like, you know, all the ways in you've find your way through the mud and the, the ways you've opened up is just creating such a big, yeah, it to me feels like a, such a wide open space for them to come in with their unique frequencies. And they literally, this is also what I imagine for the next generations. They need these, they need so much more space, <laughs> so much less of the wounding and the conditioning. They need so much space for these unique frequencies and codes that are wanting to drop in here so it feels so good to imagine that you will be a mother of these very unique little creatures <laughs> so, thank you yeah with that your final chance and this podcast is coming to an end and I just want to thank you so much for saying yes to this final chance podcast and to sharing your codes your essence your words your wisdom your frequency with me with the world. And I cannot wait to see all else you will create and bring forth and embody and be and pave the pathway. And um, yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to know you that I'm here with you on earth at this time. Yeah, just so grateful for your expression, your reflection, all that you are and continue to be. Thank you so much. Mm, Thank you for having me. It's winter solstice today, and I couldn't have imagined a better early Christmas gift than sharing this podcast episode with the world. To all the crazy ones out there, my wish for you is that you start to remember that your craziness holds the codes of your geniusness and of bringing forth new possibilities for humanity and for this world. And if what you're longing for is self-mastery, if you have a business and you want to create from pure alignment, and you want to step into the ancient future creation templates, then go to Pilar's website and see what potent offerings are available. In this moment, end of December 2021, her life journey reveal is about to start, so don't hesitate to look into it if you feel intrigued by everything Pilar has shared. This was the final episode for 2021, and if you have enjoyed the Final Chance podcast, then feel free to share it with your loved ones, or listen to any of the previous episodes with my dear, magical, and multidimensional friends. I'm sending a ripple of love out and across the globe, and hey, why don't you live your life as if it is your final chance? Much love.